Happy Woo Wednesdays! If you guys haven't heard, I have a new program out for all wedding professionals, not just wedding photographers. It's called the Triple Threat Marketing and Sales System. And pretty much I redo your brand, I do all your marketing assets, and I help you with sales. I have a 20-minute demo for you guys on how to get high-paying clients without relying on Facebook ads relying on uh, Facebook groups or being in the industry for five plus years. I'll link it up in the show notes. It is amazing. I hope you guys check it out. Please do it right now after you listen to this amazing episode with Elizabeth Cakes Emporium. I met her through a wedding summit and I just thought she was just so cool and like I just I don't know I love her way of thinking. Um, She really works with high-end wedding client selling her cakes. I love her story of making a cake for Queen Elizabeth, which is crazy. It's really the one and only Queen Elizabeth and how that kind of snowballed into getting all her high-end clients. She has really out-of-the-box thinking and she is going to really help you um, get out of this demographic of people just wanting to nickel and dime you. I think she is going to teach you how to get luxury clients, luxury selling, luxury buying, and she just teaches you how to book more high-end clients. You are going to love her. You are going to love this episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we'll talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey everyone, welcome back to Get a Heck Yes with me, your girl, Carissa Wu. I have the famous Elizabeth Solaro in the Get the Heck Yes house, and she is the owner of Elizabeth Cakes Emporium, the home of luxury wedding cakes, and she is based in London. We actually met recently. We were part of the wedding summit, Heidi Thompson's wedding summit, where there was thousands of brides attended and we connected and I was just so impressed by you. Um, You are a author, um, a keynote speaker. You spoke around the world and you are the best luxury wedding cake majeure so in the world. So I'm just so honored for you to be here. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. And thank you for asking me. It's such an honor to be on your podcast. So I'm so excited to speak to everyone today. Yay. And today's hot topic is a very, very hot topic. Everyone wants to know about this topic, but is how to book more high-end clients because we don't want the nickel and dimers. That's not a good place to be. But before that, Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about yourself, even starting from growing up. Gosh, um, I'll give you a potted history because we'll be here all day. I'm, <laughs> I'm so many moons year old, but um, give you a potted history. I 
uh, grew up uh, as what I would describe as a third culture child. So my parents are immigrants. They met in London when they came to study. I was born in London and then I got taken back to their home country, Nigeria, for a little bit. And then I came back to the UK again. But um, at university, I studied microbiology. I got my master's in medical microbiology and parasitology. And I worked as a scientist in a hospital for many, many years and then took off and decided to work in the city as a headhunter, did an MBA and then milestone birthday. And I thought if I, you know, if I, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. So I decided to set up my own cake company and here we are today. So that in a nutshell is me. That was a cool, cool, unique story. I guess scientists and cakes have, you know, a little bit of correlation, like all the ingredients and putting it all together. But yeah, that's amazing. So, okay, so parents, you went to London, to Nigeria, and back, and scientists. Um, what was, tell, take me back to that milestone birthday Um what was it in your life that you just needed a change and why why cakes oh that's a very good question now as you can understand when you grow up in an immigrant household anything to do with arts or anything to do with baking is really frowned upon because it's all about education 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 so i started baking when i was about nine um, and in an African household in those days, your oven was used for storage. It really wasn't used for baking. Oh, interesting. So, so I was quite unusual in that. And we didn't have any baking tins. So I'd use my mum's old pots um, to bake. And some obviously some cakes came out really well. Some were complete and utter disasters. But I baked and baked. And then after a while, I had to pack it in because of focusing on my education. But when I started working as a headhunter in the city, I got really, really stressed because 18 hour days, very long days, etc. So at the weekends, I baked, I just went back to baking. So when I then had to leave my job, it was 2000 and around about 2007, 2006, 2008, when the city was going through a recession, and people, the first thing people do is stop hiring executives. Mm. Um, and that's what happened. So I decided now or never. So it probably was the worst time <laughs> to set up a baking business, but it ended up being one of the best times to set up a baking business. So that's what precipitated that move into me setting up my baking company. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so if you're not driving, go to Instagram right now. It's Elizabeth Cake. Emporium, go check out these cakes. It's the uh, most amazing cakes I've ever seen in my life. Um, take me back to that first year. Um, you know, it must have been such a whirlwind to go from corporate, you know, scientist to headhunter to, you know, big hole and, you know, going back to your passion of baking cakes. But how did you tap into the luxury business? What were the struggles? How did you overcome it? Just take me through that first year. Oh, oh my God. Okay. There was a lot of struggles, a lot. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, where do I start? I 
I didn't know anyone, as um, Jane Austen said in Pride and Prejudice, um, Elizabeth Bennett said of her sister, she said she has no money, no connections. <laughs> How is she going to survive? And that was exactly me. I had no money. I had no connections. But I then had to get creative. I had to think. Now, as a headhunter, we were required to make 100 phone, uh, cold calls every week. So 100 wow. phone calls every week. I never achieved 100. I'm not going to lie. But... <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot. That's my 20 day, et cetera. But the most important thing was we, we got trained on cold calling so you you knew the answer was going to be no but you kept calling anyway until you get your yes so I applied the same principle I took the in those days it was called the yellow pages because there were no directories online so I took the yellow pages and I started calling all the party planners and, and a lot was no 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 until one day and I'll never ever forget the day that changed the trajectory of my business called and a uh, very young girl at the other end and she said do you make cupcakes now remember this is about 15 16 years ago and cupcakes were not uh mainstream in the uk certainly and i said yes of course we make cupcakes and she said great because we've been looking for an amazing cupcake maker and i said to her oh by the way i'm going to be in your area in the next three days can i drop some samples for you and she said of course so I then gave myself a couple of days, ran around, got the best boxes I can find, made some samples and I dropped them. And I was even too scared to introduce myself as Elizabeth. I just said, delivery from Elizabeth, dropped and I ran. Oh, <laughs> and, you do like a door, what's it called? Dine and Dash. <laughs> I did go into the offices though, I'm not gonna lie. But as I dropped them, but before I got home, I got a phone call um, from somebody called Lady Elizabeth Anson, who happened to be the Queen's cousin. What? I know, the late Queen Elizabeth, that was her cousin, as in direct cousin, as in on the mother's side, the only person who called her, who called her by her name. And she said, your, I've tasted your cakes, absolutely amazing. They look spectacular. I want you to come back and I'm gonna place an order for 200 cupcakes. Now, the story is great. If it ended there, that's good. That is good. However, she did something that was, I mean, I, you know, it was totally undeserved by me. I think it was the most gracious thing that someone could ever do to me in those days. She then wrote me a handwritten note and she said some lovely words about my cupcakes. And she said, you can use this note as part of your marketing material. Oh, that's so nice. So that testimonial, as you can imagine, when I whenever I did wedding shows, it was front and center on my banner. I I still have it on my website. It is not coming off. Um, it was incredible. And her name opened doors into the high-end world. Oh. That was how I know chills, right? That's how <laughs> what the heck? The story is <laughs> insane. Okay, keep going. And that, that, was, that was how I got started. And from there, um, again, I did other things. And another tip, when you have no money, this is what I did. Um, I went to my local cab office because in, in the UK we had mini cabs. So they had a cab office. So I went there 
And I got chatting with the controller and he said to me that they leaflet because I, what happened was I got a leaflet from them and it got me thinking that if they leaflet, can I give them my cards so they can leaflet certain postcodes for me? Because I only wanted postcodes where there were rich people. Mm. So that was what I did. So, and he said to me, yeah, I'll do it for 10 pounds. And I couldn't believe it was only charging me 10 pounds. So I gave him a hundred, a hundred um, postcards. Uh-huh. With my- on and every time uh, they leaflet maybe once a week or once every two weeks I always got an order from a really nice address so again that was another creative way of getting into the high-end world um another thing I did was um uh, uh I don't know if you have them we have um people that deliver paper to you know uh, uh what oh I can't remember the word yeah for yeah it. paper boy Paper boy, that's it, paper boys and paper girls. I went to some local shops, again, did the same thing, same principle, certain postcodes. Can I put my um, postcards in the newspapers or magazines or whatever? And it was like, sure, it was extra money for, for the news agent. And I did that. And remember, this was nearly 20 years ago. So those were the marketing techniques I used um, to try and get my cards in front of people. Wow. Are you guys listening? Like literally <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. I kind of chuckled when you said that, but it was really like <laughs> Queen Elizabeth's cousin. It's hilarious. I, I feel like we should turn this into like a rom-com, right? I know, right? <laughs> but as long as you give me a really gorgeous man, like my own prince, yeah. at the end you know, the, the the postcard lands in front of him. He falls in love with the cakes and then he falls in love. Unfortunately, I'm too old, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> who, who would be your leading man, Elizabeth? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, my God. Um, ooh. <laughs> so many to choose from. Um, gosh, that's a good question. I do like the guy. Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. But he was in um person of interest. Okay. He he, was, he 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 you know in a suit, uh-huh. um, um very soft, gentle-ish voice. Um, yeah, him I love. Okay, I gotta look him up. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name, but he was in person of interest. That is the picture I have in mind. Yeah, we have to pitch this to like a screenwriter writer, like after this, because we have to turn your 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 life into a rom-com. But a rom-com? yeah, so me and you, we did a IG live and we talked about this, um, you know, luxury, getting into luxury space. The way you did it, you did it old school, like, um, which was a pretty serendipitous story, um, beyond serendipitous, but, but you, it was a lot of hard work and hustle and, um, a lot of, you know, cold calling and, you know, getting your name out there, um, which is crazy, but, on the IG live, you actually changed my mindset about the luxury clientele, the luxury brand. You know, we think it's so like oh, untouchable, the one percent, whatever. But tell me about your mentality of the luxury market. Right, and um, that's a really great question, um, and I love what you said about people thinking they're untouchable or unreachable. They are not. They're human. Um, They need stuff. They need groceries. They need stuff like normal people do. Um, But this is my mentality. And this is my these are my observations. Three things that you need to do. Number one, you've got to have a good product. 
there's no point if your product is is um mediocre or not up to par um you need to fix that it needs to be good it doesn't need to be the best and people make that mistake of trying to so perfect the product if you can perfect it as much as you can great but it needs to be good and i can't emphasize that enough uh, that's number one. The second thing is that you need to know that there are different types of luxury clients. So I gave a couple of examples in my presentation that we did in the Bookmore Weddings um, Summit with Heidi. So I identified about, I don't know, seven, eight, nine different types of luxury client. You need to know what who you're targeting. So for example, I do want to go for an aspirational client. Do you want to go for a simply the best client? Um, different mentalities, same sort of space and sphere, but one is more further along than another. Mm. Um, so you need to think about, okay, who do I really want to target and go for? So for the aspirational, just to give you an example, yeah. they have people that they look up to, that they aim to mm. be like. So one of your questions would be, who inspires you? For example, who inspires you? Who's your hero, shero, whatever. So you need to ask that question of your aspirationals. For your simply the best, it could be something like, what brand um, is your dream brand or what brand is out there that you that you buy from or you think is the best? So when you get that, you then begin to, then you can personalize your marketing to that client. The problem is we, and, and, and I'm guilty by the way, uh, we all have our website. Um, we've worked for, slaved over it for hours, worked with a copywriter, but it's generic. Mm. It's the same thing. The magic happens when you get the inquiry and then you need to personalize or in your booking form, for example, you have, what's the date of your wedding? What's it this? What's it that? They're just one or two, you know, you can, you can include one or two fun, seemingly fun and harmless questions. Mm -hmm. That way, as soon as you get that inquiry, you can then begin to personalize to that person. So you have an idea already mm -hmm. the kind of client that they are. So that's number two. The third thing that you need to do when you are dealing with um, high-end clients is to be able, be, it's confidence. It's confidence mm -hmm. about what your prices are because I see many people saying oh you've got to you know you've got to tell them it delivers value you've got to prove the value um not necessarily it's a yes and no for me mm. in some cases yes there is an education piece but in some cases it's a no mm. your prices are what they are if you go into um Chanel or Gucci or even a department um store where you have a whole range of luxury products different prices. Some of them are almost identical, to be honest. Some of them are probably manufactured in the same place, but the branding is what makes the difference. So this is where, if you are confident in your brand, um, again, if, you, if you've only been going for a day, um, you can't compare yourself to someone who's maybe been going for, you know, 10 years. So for example, if you're a planner and you're, you're new, and then someone who's done every wedding in the world, you can't compare. Mm. And I think this is where people get it wrong. They either overprice or even more commonly, they underprice. Mm. But this is where you need to find the balance and the value. Because if you underprice, it sometimes puts off some clients 
Some clients think, oh, great, she's underpricing. What a bargain. And some clients think, oh, you know, how can she do all that for that little? Mm-hmm. Um, if we take photographers, for example, I know some photographers that charge 100 grand, uh, 25,000 grand, and some that charge five grand, 2,000 grand. So I'm um, sorry, 2,000 pounds. So again, um, and if you, I've seen p- photographers who charge 2,000 pounds produce the most incredible work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, it's about having the confidence to say, I'm going to add another zero. And this is the challenge that I tend to give people. I would say to you, think of the most you want to you want to charge for a product. So, Uh you know, add like a zero behind your best price and then create a product to fit that price. Wow. So so you create the product first. I know Uh you haven't got any buyer, but create the product first and then put that massive price tag on it. And then when somebody comes along, because you never know when, because when you're showing your your couple's options, Uh then you say you show them the 20 grand option, all of a sudden the 5,000 grand or uh, 5,000 pound or the 2,000 pound, the 2,000 will seem cheap and the 5,000 will seem actually that's doable. So think about your pricing. So that would be my third tip. Pardon this short commercial, it is launch time. The Heck Yes Media team soft launched four months ago and our clients are blown away getting results after results. The new program is called the Triple Threat Marketing and Sales System for all wedding professionals. So wedding pros, I'm talking to you. Do you guys need a new brand identity? Is your website homepage not catching the attention of your ideal client and just not working for you? Do you guys want to get on the preferred venue vendor list, a holy grail of lists, which is a lifetime of ready to buy clients? And once you get the lead, are you just tired of getting ghosted? Let us help you with your sales. So watch this 23 minute demo on how to get high paying wedding clients without posting on social media three times a day, Facebook ads, or being in the industry for five plus years. It's all linked up. I made the best program in the industry and it's truly going to help you become the one. Enjoy. Wow. Okay. I'm just, I'm quiet because I'm actually wrapping my head around this, but let me just recap real fast. Um, But first of all, to get high-end clients, you have to have a good product. Um, It doesn't have to be the best of the best, but it has to be amazing product. Number two, you're not going to tell the seven different types of luxury brands, but there's different types of luxury people. And you mentioned aspirational. They're trying to get somewhere. So who do they aspire to be? And then the best, which um, thinking of the best, who do they think are the best? Like what stores do they shop at? What brands do they love? And then you mentioned the inquiry form, which I thought was really cool, which um, add some fun questions related to your brand. And then therefore, when you respond, you could be very custom personalized and get to know them on a deeper level. And then tip three is confidence. Um, this is where I've always struggled. Sometimes if you give them like wiggle room, um, they meet you at your confidence level where you think you're valued, but it's like, kind of like, Hey, I'm up here. This is my value. Um, meet me here or, or, or don't. So I really love that mindset shift. Yeah. (laughs) 
And that was a perfect summary. And I'm, so, it, it, anyone listening, if that's all you take away from this podcast, I'm happy. <laughs> that yeah. was, and, and that I was, think something that I was alluding to before in our IG live, but it was, I think you said something about the mindset of luxury clients. Um, it was, do you remember what you said? I think with 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 luxury client again, depending on the client and with their mindset, they're constantly surrounded by, by beautiful things, um, especially things that they're particularly interested in. So let's think about someone who loves shopping for shoes. So they in the process of shopping for shoes, they probably see, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 pairs regularly. Every time they look at their wardrobe, they see amazing shoes, amazing shoes, amazing shoes. So they get accustomed to that sort of quality, that sort of level, mm. that sort of environment, that sort of thing. So if you then want to bring in your product, it has to be comparable. You have to have the mindset and um, to, to be able to say to them, what I'm showing you, what I'm presenting to you is just as good, if not better than what than what uh, you what you know so again um mindset again that goes to confidence um that goes to the way you present your product oh I yeah I, I remember i remember now but that was great but you said something about like people always say oh i want to charge more i want um i want my price to be at this point but you really should change a question until yes. like what what, what you go for yeah so instead of asking oh you know what's the most i can charge your your question should be what's the most value i can give that's why i said when you're creating your product you need to think about the most amazing value you can give so if for me as a cake maker if the most value is maybe creating a 10 tier cake um, importing my butter that was hand churned by maidens and the, the 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 cows are fed on a special grass, et cetera, et cetera. Every part of the value chain, so production, presentation, mm -hmm. every part should scream value, 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 so that when you're presenting to your client, you're able to tell an amazing story. Um, the eggs were produced, these hens, mm. there's only 10 of them in the world. So it's things like that, that add value. That is where the luxury comes from. And then of course, um, being, if you're a creative, being an artisan, again, the value comes from there. You know, what you can create that maybe nobody else has created, or if other people are doing it is because you did it first, mm. maybe you got a world record, blah, blah, blah. So it's about value, value, value. That's how you demonstrate value, not, um, as some people say, oh, trying to defend your pricing or whatever it is. Mm. I give you X amount of time, you know, so what? Um, what is the, yes, you can give a hundred hours, but what is the outcome? What's the value at the mm. other what are they getting at the other end? Because for me, for example, as a cake maker, my job isn't done until the cake is on the table. It's looking amazing and they cut it and they eat it and they're happy. That is my job done. And more importantly, whatever they eat has to be memorable because mm. they can have a thousand cakes. Um, but if it's, and it becomes memorable if there are amazing emotions associated with that. So if you're a photographer, 
um, for example, I know a photographer who produces some of the best albums I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. The first time I saw her albums were 12 years ago. I still remember wow. those because they were the most, I mean, the look, the feel, the story. I mean, she was a storyteller. Wow. So that is what I mean by value. Interesting. Yeah. Even when I started my coaching career, I had this friend, he's been a coach for 20 years and he goes, Carissa, like, um, you know, your, your students here, they go through the Willy Wonka, you know, uh, machine. And at the, at the end of your program, what result do they get? And that really like shifted my mindset. So it's interesting that you're like even coaching worlds to wedding professional worlds, to cakes, to photography, to DJs, to florists. It's like getting them that, that result, the experience and kind of like what differentiates you throughout the whole entire experience. That's what kind of high end means to you. I wanted to ask you this question um, because say like someone has been shooting like weddings for pretty cheap, like $2,500 $3,000 and they've been in this market for about three to five years and they're really stuck. Like, um, and yeah, people get stuck there all the time. It's just the easiest place to get stuck and they just can't get out of it. And people are still nickel and diming them wanting a bigger discount. So they're like, why me? Why, what, how, how am I going to charge 7k, 10k? Like, what would you say to help them get out the funk today? Oh, they're not going to like this at all. Um, and it's <laughs> I did. I did this in 2013. So I've been through it. So I know what it's like. The first thing you do is double your prices overnight. So so that you get rid of all the nickel and dimers. So you're going to lose 80% of them. And you're going to be very upset. And you're going to panic. And you're going to say, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm, going, I'm not going to have any clients. No one's going to book me. You will go through that panic phase Again, I know exactly because, again, these are things I say in my head. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What have I done? Am I crazy? So you need to double your prices overnight. That's the first you need to do. And then you need to start fishing in deeper waters because you were in shallow waters before. Mm-hmm. You need to go out into the deep. And in the deep, you need better equipment, um, a better boat, um, better people. This is where you need to start networking better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're not going to like it. You're that hit me start, that hit me in the heart yeah, pretty you're gonna pretty start good. you're gonna start networking and funnily enough the moment you do that you will start meeting people it's really weird you will start meeting the right people the moment you do that and the reason being um you're out of your comfort zone so you're gonna get tested and that's normal but you will start meeting people and then you need to start doing um you could do, um, I, I always recommend maybe do exclusive events. This is where you need to hustle. Go to a venue instead of the usual wedding shows where there's um, uh, uh, 10 of you in, uh, or, or 25 of you in a room um, and you have your booths and, uh, and the brides come. Think about doing something different. Maybe an incredible experience, invite only, um, waiting list. Um, and then you're, so again, you're, you're building that, exclusivity that um 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 we're only in so again that's what you need to start doing so you you know get together with other wedding professionals who are looking to level up um and then go to people who have leveled up and then start I don't care what you have to do start talking to them or you wanting to work with them I did all this um I organized as a cake maker probably one of the first because usually styled shoots are organized by planners 
I organized our shoots. I branded my shoots. I did an amazing one, Frida Kahlo um, shoot. And I did two looks um, based on a, um, a, a painting of hers called Las Dos Fridas. And it went viral. This was a few wow. years ago, 2018, something like that. Uh -huh. And it went viral. And the florist was a good friend. Um, again, I was very, you know, I was really on. Um, I did another one um, with just white tulips called, um, again, I, I, you know, if you go on my IG page and you go a lot further, you will see all these shoots. And that was because I, I, I did loads of shoots with different people, but I wasn't getting the images that I wanted. Uh -huh. I wasn't getting the, the, you know, I wasn't getting the images that I wanted. And for a lot of shoots, it was gold blush and white, gold blush and white. I wanted color. Mm -hmm. I wanted something different. Mm -hmm. So it is about some risks um, will not pay off. I've, you know, I've had, um, I've collaborated on shoots where it's been a doozy, but you need to take a few risks, um, new images, new branding. Um, branding is great, but you need to let that branding work for you. Mm. Um, and you need to get to, you know, because with some um, high-end clients, it's word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. Some you can find on social media. Again, I have a headhunting background. I know how to track people down. I know how to use mm. Google to track people down. And the thing is, <laughs> the luckily, luckily for you guys, I put everything in a book. So my book should be coming out by the end of the year where I actually tell you how to find high-end clients, what conferences to go to, where to look, um, et cetera, et cetera. There are some techniques I didn't put in the book because it really is literally stalking. <laughs> uh -huh. and, you, and you've got to respect people's privacy but there are ways. So my point is where there's a will, there's a way, but start by networking differently. Mm. Number one, um, if you feel, if, you, if you're feeling stuck, it's, it means your body is telling you to grow. It means you need to grow uh -huh. so you need to start networking differently. Um, you may need to find a coach. You may need to um, 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 organize certain things go to go to certain venues that you're scared of approaching go talk mm -hmm. to the director of events go talk to the general manager so there are loads of things you can do so many with uh -huh. that and by the way i've not asked you to spend any money yet not you know uh, quite a few of these things don't cost any money except time and a bit of hustle and a bit of rejection so yeah wow i am um... Absolutely mind blown. That really hit me. That really hit me. Double your, pr your prices. It'll come. You'll, you'll change from that moment on and never look back. I think that was just the most amazing, a hot topic, but we're going to go into rapid fire questions. Um, Elizabeth, what was, what was your favorite wedding? My favorite wedding? Yeah, I guess what I know you do do cakes, but uh, just take me through like the best wedding that really st stands out in your career. Ooh, oh my god! Okay, oh dear. Okay, there are quite a few. Okay. Oh my god, for different reasons, but the one that was the most in terms of like drama, um, but ended up being like in terms of looks and in terms of what we delivered was when I delivered a 20-tier cake 
to the Palais Liechtenstein in Vienna um, for the most loveliest, the loveliest, loveliest American couple ever. So wow. that was a favorite, but the, uh, the cake, fine, but getting, you know, driving all the way from London to Vienna was drama. At one point, um, a major road was closed because there was a massive accident and we had to go around the whole of Germany in order to get to Vienna. Um, and then we had to race against time so that because, because if the palace closes at a certain time, 6.30, and if they stayed open, the couple got charged thousands of dollars oh my God. every 15 minutes. Uh-huh. So the pressure was on. Um, but yeah, but they they looked after us. I got put in the most incredible apartment with a rooftop. It was a beautiful. So again, that was one of my favorites for many reasons. Uh, you're a great storyteller. I feel like I'm almost in like a movie, like I said, or like a, a book. And I just I feel like I'm in this this fairy tale. But so you are a world renowned speaker and, you know, I'm trying to get my speaking career going. What is one tip you have for me and for our audience and how to become a speaker? Gosh, um, oh, a couple of things. Do what you're doing now. Podcasting is great. Um, number one. Number two. Um, gosh, OK, you need to if you can. um find the one topic that is your thing. So for me, my one topic, luxury clients um, in particular, because many people are scared of, you know, stepping into that, into that world because, oh my God, you know, it's this, is that, the other, just whatever your topic is, just step into it, lean into it, um, make it part of your personal branding Mm -hmm. because when it comes to our personal branding, we can be known for many things. Some people, they do this authentic warts and all, um, you know, they, 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 you know, they show authentic self flaws and everything. Some people, they have a specialist topic. Um, some people are inspirational, some people, so you need to lean in. So whatever the topic is, make that part of your personal branding. So when you they know okay she talks about x yeah so you- that's that's what Heidi uh messaged me that the yeah. I've been on her summit for two times and she's like you're known for mastering the sales call like we want yeah. to have you so um that's a good reminder thank you so much yeah. for that um, so, so so master yeah. that and this uh, third thing you need to do at some point um start thinking of putting a show reel together Mm. Um, I, I've not done one yet, by the mm-hmm. way, because I'm hopeless with um, cameras. So I'm looking for, but you need to put together a show reel. Um, say your podcast, for example, um, you can put together little snippets of of that together. And then um, again, the usual hustle uh, stages you want to speak at. You might not get on those stages immediately. You might ask to be a part of a panel to be, because they might put you on a panel with other mm. people. See how you interact before promoting you to main speaker. Um, And another thing you've done, which is brilliant, build your own platform. So there's nothing there's nothing stopping you right now from saying next year, I'm going to I'm going to have a summit. I'm going to put, you know, Mm. people are going to come to my hometown uh, and people sometimes think, oh, my God, if I'm not in a major city, people might not come. People will travel for the opportunity mm. to get a platform. So you can get together with your local hotel, local estate agent, um, sorry, local travel agent, get together. Um, th- there are things you can do. So 
again, just um, keep at it. But I think you, you great start with a podcast, great start with a topic, um, and then your personal branding. And just make sure you constantly post about that topic all the time. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that. That's, that's really helpful for me. And last question, Elizabeth. What is your favorite heck yes technique? How do you get the heck yes from your dream client? Oh, um, okay. I I had a heck yes today. Um, um, for me, when when the, it's it's the I try to match the tone of the email or inquiry. So I, I'm, I'm not a stickler for you must fill my form or whatever. I'm not a stickler for that. So if they WhatsApp me um, and is a casual, yep, I'll, I match the WhatsApp. If they email me, I match that um, as well. Yeah. And then I, I, then I try to keep the conversation going and I try to draw out exactly what they're after. And I've often gotten clients to even double their budget sometimes um, based on what it what it is they're after and based on some of the things I ask, you know, who inspires you, you know, favorite this, da, 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 and then that's how I get my heck yes. Oh, so good. I love that you said that. So um, out of the box thinking, uh, it's unique. And I think it's your experience with people and just understanding peace people and just matching them at their energy. I think it's so helpful. Um, I use that technique like mirroring and um, just you know, they connecting with people on a deeper level, but where can everyone find you? This is such an amazing conversation and um, tell everyone how to work with you. Right. Um, if you find me on LinkedIn, um, that's where for my coaching clients, etc., I send them to LinkedIn, Elizabeth Solaru, just find me on LinkedIn, uh, message me. I respond. Also, if you go to my cake, Instagram, Elizabeth's cake emporium, again, message me. And then I'm on Instagram as Elizabeth Solaru as well. I've literally just set up Elizabeth Solaru um, just before the conference last week. So that's where you can find me. Yay. Thank you, Elizabeth. This is an honor. And I'm so glad I have a friend in London. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.